This is Motor Mania on Dubai Eye 103.8. The UAE's number one talk radio station. You are listening to Motor Mania with Andrew Hosey in for Damien Reed, And I'm joined in the studio now by Nas Chowdhury, first of all, who's staying with us. And also Chris Milburn, the Dubizzle social media manager. Good morning, Chris. Thank you for joining us this Good morning. morning. Yeah, it's uh, it's great to be here. It's a bit weird being uh, in an office or around this part really of town is, isn't it? Uh, this time of year. You know, usually it's winter time. It's time to go home or just mm-hmm. relax at home. But it's good for the traffic. There's literally none of it outside, which is fantastic. It is great. It's <laughs> such a difference, isn't it, on the roads? I mean, it's been manic over the last few months. It really is noticeable how much the traffic has built up. Of course, we had COP28 what a couple of weeks ago. We had some other big events happening. A lot of people have come into the country over the uh, the summer period. Now, obviously, everyone's away, so we're expecting. More people to enter the country now in uh, the beginning of January. Yes. But we can enjoy the roads now for the time being. So I was uh, finding out about uh, Dubai airports and they're expecting uh, that for the last two weeks of this year, 4.4 million people coming in to Dubai International Airport, which is incredible when you think about it. For December alone? For the last two weeks of December. So two hundred. They reckon it's about two hundred and fifty, two hundred sixty thousand people per day. The majority of that has to be transiting. Well, you think, but uh, I'm guessing when you look at hotel prices, they're doing very well. Enjoy the roads while you can, because it's going to get very busy very soon by the sounds of things. Right, we're not just talking about traffic, Chris. Uh, tell us a little bit about your car's market report. Well, as always, it's the end of the year. It's time to crunch the numbers to find out what people are buying, what people are interested in. Maybe a bit, bit of uh, future sight here involved as well. But of course, over the past 20, uh, 12 months or 2023, 1.8 million active users on a monthly basis were looking for a car on Divisor, which is staggering to think about that. 1.8 million people are looking to buy a car out there. Um, That's incredible. It is. And you, you look on the road and you sometimes think, are there that many cars on the road? And then you get stuck in traffic and go, yes, there is. There clearly is that amount. And everywhere you go, everyone has, I mean, we have three cars in the house. Uh, everywhere else you go, they have multiple cars. It's not. We don't live with uh, single car households here. We have multiple cars. Mm-hmm. So it, it, the number's not that surprising. But of course, um, we had over 300,000 new listings uh, over a 12-month period. We saw a massive increase as well for EVs. I mean, over the past couple of years, we've seen uh, EVs skyrocket. Uh, the demand for them is insane now. At 33%, 122% increase in EVs being listed. Of course, it was down to the fuel prices that kept changing. Right, a lot of people were looking for more sustainable uh, ways to, you know, power their car. And of course, with uh, aligned with the government's um, initiatives here. Mm-hmm. Of course, this year was the year of sustainability. So of course, more and more EVs are starting to enter the market, and more and more people are trying to jump on getting one and, uh, you know, actually experiencing it for themselves. Yeah, and that's obviously going to continue, isn't it? That increase in EVs is going to continue. You can uh, watch us on Facebook Live, by the way, uh, if you fancy... Uh, why did you say that? I don't know why, why I said that. that? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but honestly, just to unpack some of those statistics, and that's incredible insight for the automotive world because there isn't really too much information out there, right? Like, So to get this mm. from essentially the horse's mouth, Dubizzle being the horse and like the market leader and and then some yep. in automotive. It's really, really insightful, even as a car guy, to hear these stats. One thing that I knew recently is there's about 3.5 million cars on the road in the UAE. So that's interesting. But there's also 1.8 million people looking to buy used cars in the UAE in a month. 
It's incredible. Yeah. It just it just goes to show that like the used car market is going to be very very strong. I mean the EV thing, I kind of expected it. I guess as we're getting into a more sustainable world and the world is going ever greener and the adoption of these electric cars are coming into play. I suppose you will see a significant, you know, 30, 40, 50, 60% increase in electric cars year on year for the next few years until it stabilizes and takes a good 30% of the market share. But again, to have over 100% growth in a year is also quite significant. So just digesting these stats, it's, it's really interesting. Tell us more, tell us more. Yeah, <laughs> I, I mean, I, I agree with you there. The electric car phenomenon is coming. You know, look around the world where people, uh, certain countries are now saying that we're going to go, you know, fully electric by mm. 2025, by 2030. Mm. We've yet to announce it here in the United Arab Emirates because obviously it's still a new thing to us here. You know, we've got to build up the supercharger networks. You've got to build up the uh, infrastructure. Exactly. Yeah. So like you said, we can see more more of this coming in the near mm. future. I mean, no surprise here, 35% of the users were looking for an SUV. Everywhere you look, everyone yeah. has an SUV. Um, so that's in line with the number of SUVs on the road because I think that, I think it's 43% in the UE of the cars on the road are SUV. So 30% are looking for 40% in the market. So that makes sense. Yeah, and then, of course, followed by the sedan, you know, the icon itself. Um, the Patrol was the most sought after luxury SUV. I mean, you can mm. technically classify really? it as a luxury SUV because it does come with fancy features, 360 yeah, cameras, yeah, lux uh, um, leather interiors and stuff like this. Uh, again, no real surprise. You can't go five minutes in this country without seeing one. And we did say that at the earlier part of the show. Somebody called in with an Infinity, and we said yes. this is the sister of the Patrol, which is the most popular car on the road. So thank mm. you for... Yeah, confirming. <laughs> yeah, no. I mean, you probably look outside. There'll probably be about three or four of them that was passed yeah, through yeah, the show, isn't it? Absolutely. Um, in terms of the the more affordable range, the Ford Explorer was the uh, the most sought after SUV. Really? When you think about, it, you don't see many Explorers on the road. You see a lot of the older ones floating around, mm -hmm. yeah. but it seems to be there's a, a, a an allocation somewhere of Ford Explorers that people are buying. So that's the most searched for car. No, that would be the most affordable SUV that's been searched for. And I think all. that's uh, very wise on behalf of the people who are looking because you're getting a lot of car for your money you're getting a, a seven-seater by arguably one of the largest global manufacturers very reliable uh very good spec as well it's got all that um yeah infotainment and entertainment stuff like quite modern inside in terms of gadgets so yeah i concur <laughs> the uh the most, yeah, you talk about sedans now. You were yeah, talking. so the most affordable one is the Nissan Altima. Yeah, um, I would have thought it would have been the Sunny. You or see, the Toyota Camry. That too, because you see so many on the road. But then I would assume that the reason probably the Camry is not in that selection is because most of them are taxes, aren't they? And it's not affordable. I think the key word there was affordable. Maybe the Maxima is cheaper than the, the Altima is cheaper than the Camry. Of course, yeah, because the Camry is now edging over to that 150 bracket, isn't it now? It's <sighs> crazy. It's getting quite pricey. <laughs> and then, of course, in the luxury segment, mm. You can't have anything else but an S-Class. Yes. yeah, And I said that at the early part of the show. Yes, so you I did. Said in terms of Mercedes, the E-Class kind of somewhere was in the middle of a very popular C-Class and an extremely popular S-Class. Uh, so, yeah, that, that, that's, that wasn't a surprise to yeah. us, was it? No, absolutely not. <laughs> now, your report suggests that a lot of people are, are looking for a budget option. Yes. So, incredibly enough, the, uh, um, the biggest budget area was under 50,000 mm. dirhams. Now... I I will admit I look I look for cars under that price range a fair bit as well. Um, a very nice Volvo 
I think it was an S90 that came up for sale. Well, no, sorry, an S70. It was only 5,000 dirham, so I, I will say I was looking for that a, a fair bit. But 33% uh, of our users were searching for uh, cars that are under 50,000 dirhams. Because when you look on the roads as well, you wow. kind of think that budget's a little bit higher. You think more towards that kind of 100k bracket. But then I think if you look closer and closer what's actually on the roads, you can actually see that everything is kind of within that bracket. Yeah, I mean, look, I've got... I can justify this in my head. Let's go back to the numbers, right? So you've got 1.8 million people looking at cars, of which 33%, which is 600,000 of them, are looking for cars under 50,000 euros. And I think that's a direct reflection of the demographic in this area, right? So Dubai, UAE being so diverse, you know, you have your, you know, whether it be CEOs, pilots, but you also have a lot of people that are within that bracket of salary range. Mm. I mean, a good 30% of the salary range in this country would be, you know, three to 7,000 dirhams, 10,000 dirhams, and, and, and they'd be looking for those kind of cars. So I think it's a direct reflection of the very diverse demographic we have here as well. Yep. Now, the perception of uh, many people is there's lots of white cars on the roads, and it seems to be borne out in your report. You know, I was thinking about this this morning, and I'm trying to figure out if this is actually true, because it seems to be everywhere you look, you'll always see a white car. Mm. Now, I said, look I said out, before... Look out the window. <laughs> there's there's one one white right now. Oh, yeah, there's one across <laughs> on the other side of the road exactly. as well. Another one. When I think about it is... I've got a grey car. We have another. We have a green car, and then we have another grey car. So that's you, we don't have that white quota. But then going down in the basement, you just see a slew of white cars everywhere. So it is true. Thirty-two percent of uh, users wanted to keep cool with a white-coloured car, and there is a good reason for that because obviously white reflects the heat. It doesn't absorb the heat here like yeah. a black car would. Any darker colours. Plus, I think it's easy. It's something that you touched up on before about. Um, when you have uh, Nox or some of this, white's kind of an easy color to touch up on. Yeah. Whereas you have like other colors, it's a bit easier to spot that it's been touched up at some point. Correct. Yeah, and the inverse happens with the black car. It's it's like try getting a black car in peak summer. It's mm. a disaster. And also keeping a black or darker car clean. You know, just that surface dust that you get. It really shows in a black car, but it wouldn't show in a white car. So you can keep. Sounds do, but you don't have to wash a white car as often as you have to wash any other car because mm. it, it holds the dust quite well versus a black car. Man, I didn't really think about that. Yeah, yeah, of it course. does make sense. <laughs> Good morning, it's Andrew Hosey in for Damien Reed on the last Motomania of 2023. But I am most definitely not alone helping me out today. Zena and Isa and Arnold who are doing all the brilliant production work behind me. Uh, well, in, not behind me, directly in front of me. In the studio, we have Naz Chowdhury. Thank you very much for staying on this Always morning. Always a pleasure. And Chris Milbourne, social media manager for Dubizzle. Thank you very much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. I'm looking forward to this quiz that we're going to have that I'm going to ultimately fail later on in the show. Yes, I uh, do need to, <laughs> to point this out. We have put together... A quiz which uh, was brilliantly put together by Zena, and uh, we didn't really think it through because we were going to pit you two against each other, Chris and Naz. Then we realised that Naz has actually got the answers directly in front of him. So I, I could not look if that helps. <laughs> Scroll. So, I think it's going to have to be you against the computer, Chris. Well, the computer's definitely winning this round. Oh. <laughs> I think it will win this round for all of us by the looks of it. some skin in the game on this <laughs> one. <laughs> so, do, oh, by the way, last Christmas is UK number one. Um, it took 39 years to get to the UK number one spot. It was released uh, 39 years ago. 
Can you remember? Wow. Or do you know what song kept it off the top of the charts back when it was released 39 years ago? Mariah Carey? No, no. She, didn't, she didn't do her thing until... She wasn't around that time, mid-2000s, I think. yeah. She, it was uh, Do They Know It's Christmas? Band-Aid. 39 years ago. That was big back then. Yeah. And it so, used to come on every single like charity advert for years and years absolutely. and years. Do you remember? Yes. So guarantee that last Christmas would have made it to number one without that yeah. happening that year. So well done to Wham for that. Right. Getting back to what we're actually meant to be talking about. Uh, Dubizel's Cars Market Report. Uh, quick follow up on what we were talking about before the break and SUVs messages come in. Do pickup trucks come under the class of SUV? No, so we've got those you said, 35% of SUVs, but we've also got a category that's listed as others, and that will be where other uh, body types will go into, and that was 16%, 9% for hatchbacks, and 10% for the coupes. So no, pickups are separate from SUVs. Okie dokes. Yeah, just to elaborate on that, so SUVs, uh, and these many other acronyms that people take for granted, mm. uh, maybe we should just shed some light on the weather, it's sports utility vehicle. So essentially, it's classed as, if you look in the dictionary somewhere out there, sports utility vehicle is a passenger car, but with raised gland clearance, uh, with more like bigger tires, suitable for off-roading. But that, that's essentially what it is. So pickup does not fall into that, as you said. So that all works out. I hope that answers your question on 4001. So we were also teasing before the break the most expensive car sold. Now, can you clarify what that essentially means? So that was the most the most expensive car that we sold was a Ferrari SF90 for a cool 1.7 million. And I know the challenge here is someone's going to say, no, you clearly there was something more expensive sold because there are cars that go for excess of 20 million dirhams on Dubizzle. So just to clear that up, this is the car that we sold at Dubizzle Cars because we also sell cars as well. And that was the most expensive car that we had that in our stock that was sold. Right. Okay. You see, not many people know that. So I think with Dubizzle, people take for granted that you either own everything or you are just a classified for everything. But what's interesting that you just highlighted on is you're actually a hybrid of both. So we can opt to sell our car to you, where then where you give us cash on the spot, I assume. And you still do that, right? Yeah. And then you'd then resell it on and take away the pain and the headache. But we can also take our own pictures and advertise it ourselves. Correct. Like you said, there's a hybrid of both. You have the No, option. but there's one more option, isn't there? Technically, yes. Just run through that again for the listeners. <laughs> so with the, the options are, obviously, we have the managed service that you said we deal the headache. You can do the instant cash offer there as I well. See. Yeah, yeah. And then you can list it yourself on the platform. Wow. Okay. So either way, you've got the market covered. And the most expensive car that you sold was 1.7 million dirhams. Yes. I'm just looking online now. The most expensive car on Dubizzle today, this should have been a quiz. Right. 35 million dirhams, Lamborghini Ven- Veneno Roadster, and it's not even new. It's 2015. Wow. So I'm going for that. That's for an eight-year-old car. You but, would expect like something new. And then the Chiron, uh, well, sorry, the Bugatti Devo comes slightly after that at 32 million dirhams. But the Veneno, I'm pretty sure there's only like 12 of them in the entire world. I yeah, think that's yeah. Why it's so GCC helps hike the price yeah. slightly. Okay. So two cars <laughs> above 30 million. So wow. $10 million each. Okay, so can anyone get access to your report? Uh, we will publish it later on this year. Right. So oh, we'll look we got, forward to we that. We've got a release here. Oh. <laughs> World's first. Yep. You got the there insights we first. We got the insights first. Yep. Yeah, nice. 
Fantastic. It's not the other only thing that you're doing, though. You've got uh, the Debizzle Car Awards 2023. Tell us more about yeah, that. Yeah, so earlier this year, we had our first awards for 2023 um, for the Debizzle Cars, sorry, 2022 Debizzle Cars Awards, because we do it the, the next year afterwards. Um, of course, and it was an amazing event. We had over 500 guests come from across the UAE, including nominees and VIPs. It was an incredible evening, um, and it was we had rain uh, that uh, haunted us. Uh, to be honest, uh, last year, so we had to move it ever so slightly, but of course that gave us some chance. That gave us a chance to warm up because, of course, in January it's quite cold. Yeah. Um, but of course, with the end of the year fast approaching, and of course we move into January next year, we're holding up the 25th of January, 2024, and again we're going bigger, better, and bolder than we have before because we want to put on an absolute display for everybody that's going to be attending the event. Um, I can't give away too much information because, of course, we're still in the process of uh, getting things sorted out. Um, But, of course, uh, it will be bigger and better than it was before. And, of course, we're looking to have more people come. And the reception last year was phenomenal. Fantastic. Looking forward to that. When's that happening? So it'll be January 25th, 2024. Okay. We'll keep our... Oh, it's Burns Night. There we are. Get some haggis on the menu. (laughs) Very convenient that it's Burns Night as well. It goes along with the theme perfectly fine. This is Motormania on Dubai Eye 103.8. The UAE's number one talk radio station. I'm Andrew Hosey. In for Damien Reed on Motormania, the last Motormania of 2023. Still with Chris Milbourne of Dubizzle in the studio. And Naz Chowdhury, regular Motormania guest, is still with us yeah. as well this morning. Thank you very much for staying on. Always a You're pleasure. You're in overtime, right? Yeah, yeah, overtime. Who would have said the bill to them? Absolutely. I'm sure it'll be a, a Christmas bonus. There yeah. we are. Uh, right, text message has come in. Um, Naz, I think this is a good question for you. Um, Barat has asked... Are there any cars that actually appreciate overtime and not talking about vintage or classic cars? Yes, yeah, so there's there's two parts to this question. I can answer the first one quite easily, the second part more difficult. So all the rare variants of of sports and supercars and limited production run cars or a large majority of them will appreciate overtime eventually. So what happens is like there's a depreciation curve of 5-10 years. But, and then they start shooting up in value. So examples of that from the Porsche range will be the 911R, 911ST. You were just talking about the 911 Dakar as well. Um, and then the same thing with uh, the, the specific Lamborghinis, like we saw the Lamborghini Veneno that we just mentioned in the other segment of the show. Because it's one of seven, as you said, it's rare it's going to go up. Now, the question is, which is interesting for mo- more listeners out there in, in the real world, is is there a car around 100 or 200,000 dirhams that I would probably appreciate? I'm trying to think. That's like, the question, yeah, right? I, well, like, who I, can benefit from this in the real world without having to fork out 20, 30 million? I guess in this segment, the Yaris GR and the Corolla GR, if they actually come here at that price point. Yeah, I appreciate, maybe not, but they definitely hold value, mm. right? Um, again, if you go down that thing, the, the Volkswagen GTI Club Sport, the M, M2, M3, the CSL variants, they're affordable-ish, two, three, four hundred, but... It depends on what you call affordable, but mm, true. I think they I'll, would probably eventually appreciate the CSL range. I think I'll go out of whim here and say anything with a manual gearbox, because of course we're phasing that out now. There's a good point. Anything with a manual gearbox would would probably a manual gearbox, but a sporty car, not, so like not a Toyota Yaris manual. Like let's elaborate, you know. <laughs> fair enough. <laughs> Nothing basic, okay, fair exactly. Yeah, yeah. Like an ST or a, a GR yeah, or something like that. Yeah, yeah. So. 
We'll have to come back to you, but if we can think of a, a car and and hack the financial system and tell you what's going to go up in value, then I like that. I, yeah. I'll sell that information, <laughs> and we'll all buy one exactly. and become rich exactly. beyond our dreams. Uh, Chris, right, a couple of questions for you before we quiz you on your music knowledge, which is probably not what you were thinking you're going to be doing when you came into Dubai nope. this morning. Not today. <laughs> no. So, first of all, what do you reckon? Best new car of 2023. Best new car of 2023. Mm, I want to go out on a whim here and I'm going to say the Toyota Yaris. I just really like the new shape. It's nice, it, isn't it? It looks really yeah. good. And yes, it's gone up in price, but they've also thrown in a lot of extra features for that money. And it does kind of look like now the baby Avalon. Now that's obviously going, that's being phased out, I think. Mm. But honestly, it's a really good looking car. And I'm so glad that they've reinvented the Yaris. Can I change my answer from what I said before? Most certainly, yes. Sorry, Porsche listeners, because <laughs> the Porsche Panamera is a phenomenal car, but there is one car that was released a couple of months ago, and I saw it at the Geneva Motor Show and also the unveiling here in the dealership, the Lamborghini Revuelto. Oh, nice. So, you know, every 10 years, Lamborghini comes out with a new flagship model. So it was, the, you know, the Countach, the Diablo, the Aventador, no, I'm missing one. The Mercilago, then the Aventador. But now we're going electric and, oh, my God, what's going to happen to this raging bull V12 that everybody knows and loves, right? And it's been going on since the 70s. And they managed to continue with that V12 range in the Revuelto, which is absolutely incredible. But they also managed to put some hybrid technology in it and just make it stupid fast. So and the thing is incredible. I think the uh, Ultima Motors here had one, well, have one. Um, they're taking orders for it. But for me, that's like... Probably something that I'll appreciate as well, actually, mm. come to think about it. And uh, anything you reckon to watch out for in 2024, Chris? There is a, a massive list to look at in 24. Um, obviously, the new Land Cruiser, the 150, which we're going to be having here as the Prado. Uh, the new Mustang, the 24 shape, along with the Dark Horse. Yes. Um, the Santa Fe, the Hyundai, that basically looks like a box on wheels. Uh, yep. It has the uh, rear lights extremely low to the ground. There's a couple of them that have been spotted testing here, uh, ah. which is quite interesting. Um, the new Lexus GX, which I'm not sure if we're actually going to get here. This is m A lot of these cars are actually for the nor uh, North American market. Uh, the Volvo EX30, their smallest electric car. Um, but I think the hottest one... Now, I don't know if it's going to come next year. I'm pretty sure they're going to ditch the V8 for a twin-turbo V6 as well. Is the Y63 Patrol. Okay. I have a feeling that's going to come next year at some point. Nice. All right. Looking forward to that. Any advice then for people that are planning maybe to, to get a new car next year? I think this is always the thing. Anytime that you buy a car is you always need to have a second or third opinion. So getting a pre-purchase inspection is a must, you know. Um, that way you can For tell. used cars. Yes, exactly. For a new car, not so much. You don't need to obviously do a pre-purchase inspection on a new car because no one's ever driven it. But for a car that does have, say, 10,000 kilometers on the clock or even actually 5,000, if not more, um, you need to have a, a car inspected. You know, you can get it done by the RTA. They have a very thorough system. But there are a lot of companies out there, like at Dubizzle, we do it as well. We have a pre-purchase inspection facility where we go into 120 and 240 point checks of a car to make sure that you're not buying a lemon, you know. Yeah. Okay, great. Right. Now is the time. Oh, the we were <laughs> I should have talked more about that. Yeah. <laughs> more can, advice. Can, can, <laughs> yes. Kind of just dug yourself into this. So we have Chris Milburn of Dubizzle. We're going to quiz his car anthem knowledge. You can play along at home as well. We were going to get Naz to play along. But he's got the answers in front of him. I won't check the screens, honestly. I, all right. <laughs> Not 100% convinced that that's the case. So, essentially, we're going to play you 
based on how much time we have, some anthems that are loosely based on cars. So it's, uh, you know, they might have the word car in the title or have some allusion to a car. Just want to know and play along at home if you can get these anthems. Okay, here is the first one. See if you know what this one is. Shaking your head. I've got no clue. I thought that was the easiest one. No, no, no. no. <laughs> I was going to say, that's the only one I knew out of all of them. I, what's the answer then? Okay, that is uh, Tracy Chapman. Fast yeah, that's car. a real classic, by yeah. the way. That's an automotive classic. All right, so we're in we're in we're in worrying territory. Here. <laughs> it's going to be a big fat zero for me, that's for sure. <laughs> if that was the first one that you couldn't get, all right. So if you got that at home, well done. This is uh, song number two. Now you see, I know the song. I just don't know who sung it. I don't know the uh, actual name of the title either. Okay, so you are familiar with, with said f- track. Yes. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so that is Big Yellow Taxi from Joni Mitchell. So I did not know that's what it's called. Okay, that's also another classic. So uh, things are going to get a little bit more difficult from here Zero on in. Zero two so far. This is a good record. So th- <laughs> Let's see if we can do a clean sweep here. Okay. <laughs> I know that it was in Cars, and that's where I know the song from. I just, again, yeah. I don't know what the song is called. No, Life is a Highway. Yes, um, yes. Great. Okay. So half, got, a point, half a point. Half a point, yes. That's not going to be a clean sweep of zeros. I just don't know who sung the song. Okay, uh, that's fair enough. I think uh, we'll give you a point for it. It's Tom Cochran, okay. who's the uh, singer of that one. Hopefully, you will get this one. This is song number four. Now, you're probably going to ask me, what do I listen to in the car? Okay, to be fair, <laughs> that is actually quite a difficult segment of the song. There's another part that would have given it away the fairly chorus, easily. Yeah. This is actually quite a different hook. I wouldn't have got it from this, actually. So who is it, then? It's Prince with Little Red Corvette. So you are one out of four so far. I think in his defence, hmm? it's also the age of the songs. That's very true. That's your defense. Okay, cool. Some of these songs, and then I wouldn't say they're older than you, but like they get in there, you know? Yeah. Like, we're getting 15, 20, 25 years old, so. Okay, I don't think we're going to get through all 10. This is actually quite fun. Let's watch it. Yeah, a few so, more. A few more. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to skip a couple that are like one of them I've never ever heard of. So I'm going to skip that and we move on to this. Does it have the lyrics jump in my car? It almost get into my car. Okay. So get out of my dreams. And get in my car. Yeah, bye. I've got no clue. It's Billy Ocean. So you're still oh. on one. And we'll do, we'll try and <laughs> For a squeeze second, I was in. Think that was the Ghostbusters yeah. thing. Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking it's David Hasselhoff because he had a really weird track that was kind of like that. <laughs> you know what? I don't have another uh, any more time for that. So you got one out of five. So I one think out that's of five. pretty oh, good. Amazing. <laughs> <laughs> we love it. So fantastic. Thank you very much. That was a bit of fun. It Enjoyed was, that. yes. Yeah. Uh, we will be back in a few moments now. So thank you. And uh, Chris Milbourne from Dubizel. Thank you very much.
Good morning, you're listening to Motomania. I'm Andrew Hosey. I'm in for Damien Reed for the last show of 2023. Merry Christmas to you. Now, cast your mind back to last week, and the boys told us all about their Milia experience. It is, of course, dubbed as the most beautiful race in the world, originating from Italy. If you love your cars, you'll know that it's now an annual event in the UAE. It's not exactly a race, but more a beautiful parade of cars. Lots of rare classics flown in to the Emirates with drivers ranging from celebrities to, well, the likes of you and me. Damien caught up with three-time Formula One winner Thierry Bunsen. It was a great event. I mean, I discovered the Emirates like I've never seen it before. I didn't think that this was possible to see the mountains like this, see the, this nature, this, the absence of uh, vegetation and uh, lots of rocks, lots, a lot of things that I didn't, no, it was uh, existing here. So I was very surprised. It's a very beautiful rally, beautiful areas. We've seen so many things that uh, unknown, I think, to most of the people in the, on, in this planet. You know, only the people, local people know that. But it, it was really nice to, to discover all that. And he also bumped into former McLaren and Ferrari driver Stefan Johansson. Yeah, it was great. It was an amazing experience just from um, not only driving the cars, but just seeing the, sort of doing the sightseeing, really, in the Emirates, which, you know, it's a rare opportunity, and it would have never happened if it hadn't been for the part taken in the, in the rally, obviously. So it was, uh, it was great to see all the different regions, the nature, the mountains, and, uh, yeah, it was fantastic. Thierry and Stefan were also at the Gulf Historic GP Revival at the Dubai Autodrome earlier this month, an action-packed weekend for the pair of them. Meanwhile, another big event we can't ignore that happened recently is COP28. This was on at Dubai Expo City. It was a platform for companies to announce their big sustainability plans. One of them, Dubai-based Dalsco Group, is pushing towards environmental sustainability by using greener, cleaner biofuels in their company vehicles. Under a new partnership with the Middle East's biggest biofuel producer, Neutral Fuels, Dalsco is powering 75% of its vehicles in Dubai and Abu Dhabi with a special biodiesel blend fuel. I caught up with their COO, Anthony Mark, and I asked him why they decided to use neutral fuels in their vehicle fleet. Well, they are one of the only biofuel producers in the UAE. And of course, you know, using the product uh, for us is uh, driving our green credentials um, towards our net zero targets of 2050 within the Dosco group. The other interesting bit about it is that, um, you know, we supply neutral fuels with the raw materials. So it really is what I would call a 360 solution. So we provide them with the um, cooking oils that is then um, blended with the fuels and then we purchase the fuels from neutral fuels. And he told me how much of their fleet is using the biofuel. So currently we're, we're doing around about 60 uh, vehicles, but we plan to extend that across our entire fleet within the people solutions. So that'll be up to 150 vehicles by the end of the year. And we anticipate that we'll save well over 200,000 kilos of CO2, which is roughly around 3,200 uh, trees a year that, that would be um, compensating in terms of the environment. And you know what he said? The fuel is pretty much derived from what we use at home. Yeah, I mean, uh, typically we pick it up in bulk more from uh, larger companies, but it is exactly the same that you would have in your deep fat fryer, in effect. 
But we uh, are collecting around 450,000 litres of cooking oil and providing that to neutral fuels. Um, and that's coming from our environmental solutions arm of our business. I also had the chance to catch up with Charles Gardner. He is the COO of Neutral Fuels, and he told me how their product is aligned with the UAE's sustainability goals. We've so far been able to save over 50 million kilograms since we started of, of CO2 in the UAE. Our mantra is is local, local, local. So all of our waste product is, is sourced locally within the UAE. Uh, we then refine it locally within the UAE and then and then sell and distribute it. So it's really harnessing that, that circular economy um, and, and keeping the carbon savings within the UAE to help it reach its, its net carbon zero goals by, by 2050. That was Charles Gardner. He's the COO of Neutral Fuels. They're basically taking cooking oil and using that to fuel vehicles in the UAE. A great initiative there. And also you heard from Anthony Mark, the COO of Dulsco, who is using that fuel and powering 75% of its vehicles in Dubai and Abu Dhabi with plenty of plans for further expansion.